everyone, and welcome back to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm Kate Elston. I'm Meg Hayes. And I'm Meg Trowbridge. Yay, co-blosts. Woo, woo. Um, hey, listen, this episode <laughs> is the third and final in our series on bleeding athletes, elite bleeding athletes. Um, I hope you listeners have enjoyed the first two. If you haven't, go back and listen and listen to them. Um, they'll prime you. They'll get they'll you in good you. shape they'll get for you, this episode. Yes. They'll get you pumped mm. because we are interviewing U.S. women's national soccer team player, professional soccer star, Olympic gold medalist, Amy Rodriguez, who's a joy. We had such a great conversation. A with delight. Her. A delight. Delight. Um, so get ready for that. But first, a couple housekeeping things. Um, I don't know if y'all know this, <laughs> but... <laughs> But if you're listening to this, like right after we drop it, uh, you might have heard the news that Vicious Cycle is going to be appearing in San Francisco's premier comedy festival, Sketchfest. Yes. Yay. Um, You are able to see us in two ways. Uh, we are doing our first live show. Oh my God, I'm which so is so exciting. exciting. And we're having on comedian Joanne Schinderly, who, if you don't know her, Google her. She released a whole comedy album just on periods. Yeah, yes. listen to it. The cover is her in a pair of white pants with a period stain. Fucking incredible. She's brave and bold and hilarious. That's right. And, and she's got a cute dog. Yes. And <laughs> we are so excited to talk to her. So that'll be at Piano Fight in San Francisco on January 11th. Go to sfsketchfest.com for deets. I believe that one's free. You just have to kind of sign yeah, up that you're going. Right. It's at 4.30. You can... Yes. It's so early. grandma can come. Yes. <laughs> um, it'll be so much fun and we would love to see any listeners in the audience. Yeah. And then the other thing you can catch of ours on SF Sketch Fest is a relaunching of Vicious Cycle the Musical. Yes. Which is through Killing My Lobster, the sketch group that we all write for. Uh, yeah. You can see us on the 16th and 17th. Just look for Killing My Lobster on the website. You can also search us. We'll pop up. You'll find it. You'll. It's easy. Yeah. Y'all are people of the internet. Um, so yeah. Please come. Yeah. Please I, come. I think it's, well, please come to all of it. I, I'm excited um, at the idea of listeners coming to our live episode because yeah. we really would love to um, ask the audience questions and have you guys share your stories. Yeah. Um, and I think that bleeders are probably not used to having these conversations in a bar. Yeah. So the more people that are like very excited to talk about their periods, the better. Yes. Like, Absolutely. Please come share your love of this uh, topic as we will. Um, it's going to be a friggin blast. I'm for so, sure. so excited. And just a reminder for Vicious Cycle the Musical, that is performed by our very own Meg Hayes. That's right. And bleeders of the podcast, friends of the podcast, <laughs> who you might remember, Gabby, MoMA, and Alyssa Sanchez. So. Yes. Yay. Yay. Okay, before we get to Amy's episode, uh, Amy's interview, can we take a phone call? Yes, let's do it. There's we nothing got- I'd like more. Great. We got this right before Thanksgiving, but it's appropriate to... Uh, the holiday season in general. Hey, Vicious Cycle. It's your friendly neighborhood, Becky, calling again. I just wanted to let you guys know that I started menstruating and bleeding today, and I'm super happy because at least I'm going to be able to drown my sorrows in mashed potatoes on Thursday. But then that also means that I'm going to have to be bleeding and cramping and dealing with either idiots or stupid people or just mean people on Black Friday because I work in retail. So just say a prayer for me, maybe do a little spell for me. 
Um, and just a friendly reminder to the rest of the listeners, uh, not only should you be really nice to retail workers on Black Friday, but if you see somebody being an a-hole to somebody, stand up, speak up and say something, especially if it's a female, just because we all have to stick together. And, for example, I got yelled at by a customer because a sign confused her because she was mad she couldn't get an item, five for 35, without getting five items. And another customer actually, like, defended me and she was like mom it's it's just it's just a bad niggas and she was from england it was amazing um but i had just lost my dog so that day that was the reason that i cried because somebody just yelled full on at me like screaming in my face um the week that my dog had died so you never know what people are going through i know we all get frustrated but uh gotta support other women so I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, though. Happy holidays, everybody, and uh, keep calm and stuff mashed potatoes in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Becky. That's a great reminder. It is. Yeah. You know, especially at this time of year, you know, just Just be nice. Dig deep for that extra patience. Yeah. Don't be on someone else's read my labias list. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yes. Yes. Unless they deserve it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yes, but yeah, so thank true. you, Becky, for that. Thanks, Becky. Wow, yeah. The holidays are both the best and worst time to have your period. Yeah. Like copious amounts of food, but also like... Stress. Yeah, stress, like being with family that you only see once a year. Mm-hmm. Like typically being like indoors with those people yeah. for long amounts of time. Yeah. yeah. Oof, Maybe oof. not a lot of opportunity to like move and exercise. Yeah. Yes. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, Man. please, you know, Godspeed during the holidays. Um, cool. Should we get to Amy? Yes. Okay, so a few things as a reminder. This is our episode where we talk to Amy about um, motherhood because she famously has had two children um, while being a professional athlete. So we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about her period. Um, and a couple things to mention is that since we recorded this interview, Alex Morgan, who might be the most famous player on the U.S. national team currently, um, is pregnant. Yeah. How exciting. And she has said that she's going to still try to be in the Olympics in 2020. Yeah. Nice. And, which is awesome. And I think I wish we could have asked Amy about that because yeah. I think she can do it. After yeah. listening to Amy talk about coming back from pregnancy, I think Alex can absolutely do it. So we're with you, Alex Morgan. Yeah, rooting for Um, you. Listen to this episode for inspiration. Yeah. (laughs) And then we do mention at the end of the episode, uh, listeners might remember the... uh, the last year, or earlier this year, when it was Women's uh, History Month, the U.S. Women's National Team honored their favorite women by putting their surnames on the jersey Mm -hmm. so we talked to amy about that but we don't really mention we don't really go into it because amy just like jumps in with her answer so Mm. that's so yeah it's where the team honored their favorite women through history or their life by putting their favorite woman's name on their jersey so we asked amy about that um yeah should we get into it let's do it let's get into it hooray Listeners, Amy Rodriguez is joining us, and we're so excited. Amy's a professional soccer player. She's a two-time NWSL champion with Kansas City FC, and she now plays for the Utah Royals, where she, so far this season, has scored eight goals. She's also a two-time Olympic gold medalist on Team USA, a member of the U.S. Women's National World Cup Championship squad in 2015, and basically is who I wanted to be when I grew up. So, Amy, we're so happy to have you. Thank you for being on Vicious Cycle. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. So, okay, we don't have a ton of time with you. And I know that I could probably spend 45 minutes just talking about like one soccer match with you or like your thoughts on equal pay, whatever. There's so much we could cover, but we're here to talk about periods and motherhood. Um, so, but I don't want to like, you know, surpass your or overlook your your accomplishments on the field. So just real quick for our listeners, why don't you paint a picture for us of your national soccer career just in, in one experience or one, you know, one instance, like what would you want our listeners to know about who you are? Oh goodness. Um, okay. Well, the, the gist is that I've been playing soccer my whole life. And most recently I've just started contemplating the idea of retirement Um, I've had the career of all careers where it's ups and downs and championships and whatnot. Um, but I think the thing that, um, has remained constant through the whole thing is that I absolutely love the sport and it's opened so many doors for me. I've been all over the world and met people, um, in so many different countries and places. Um, it's really been the experience of a lifetime. And I hope that, um, you know, I am a mom of two kids that when my kids look back and, and look at their mom's career, they're, they're really proud of me because, um, this has been quite the experience of mine. Yeah. It truly like just already, it like brings tears to my eyes, like watching videos of your sons on the field with you and Aww. thinking about the memories that you're ma- like, we're all very emotional, the three of us. So yeah. like, <laughs> we all are just like, so in awe of not only your accomplishments on the field, but just like the, the memories that you're creating and the, the the this example that you're setting for your kids it's so cool oh well thank you so much yeah okay but okay let's talk about periods okay cool yeah so um the reason we wanted to we we've already recorded an uh, an episode about sort of just elite athletes in general and periods and how people um live with play with run with all those things with periods um but what got us started on this topic was uh, the article that came out about Rose Lavelle scoring, you know, the second goal in the final of the World Cup this year. And the next day she got her period and it kind of came out that the U.S. women's national team has this really kind of state of the art period tracking uh, program. And so I wanted to just hear your thoughts on that. Did that exist when you were on the team? What did you think when you saw that article? Tell me about it. So when I've played for the national team and mind you, I've had like years on the national team we only just scratched the surface of kind of period education and studying it as far as how it affects, um, you know, women professional athletes, specifically the national soccer team. Um, I always thought it was weird when our male coaches would ask us like, you know, log your menstruation and when was your last period? I always thought that was like kind of an odd topic and why they wanted to know about it. Um, but now as we've seen in, in the case of Rose Lavelle, where in this last world cup, they, they clearly studied it and wanted to educate, um, the players and the staff in order to optimize, you know, performance. Um, I didn't realize, you know, that's what really was happening and and how it really could benefit me as a player, but clearly that's been now, you know, studied and, and I'm excited to see where it goes because as a female soccer player, that is something that I want to take into consideration and how it would affect my performance. So they did st- track it a little bit for you. <clears throat> what did they tell you? Like, what were they doing with it? They never 
they never told us what they were doing with it, which is why we thought it was weird. But (laughs) every morning we would wake up and we would do all of our logs. It wasn't just our menstruation. It wasn't just our period, but it was like your weight, your hydration. We would have to like urinate in cups and take them down to like the little, um, we had like a team like hydration tracker where we would like get points based off how well we hydrated. And it was quite intense. Um, and everything down to like, what I said, like, were we on our period that day? Yes or no. Um, what day of the period we were on? Um, but clearly, you know, our coaches and our, and our staff had, had plans of, of tracking us and tried to optimizing our performance. It's so, that, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, we talked about in our last episode, how the men, you'll see that when they take off their shirt, when they score a goal, they're wearing those, you know, tracking devices that look like bras <laughs> that like track their totally. GPS monitors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bras. Oh, no, no. Um, they, yeah. And like, of course, so it's, it's for women, it's just one more thing to track. So and also it's just I was just thinking like the three of us, like we kind of are each other's like tracking. I feel like we're so open with like our color of our pee with each oh, other. Yeah. Like I'll text oh, yeah. them and be like, guys, my pee was like clear as day. today. <laughs> so it's like the same. Yeah. Um, so Okay, let's let's talk about your period then when as you've been a professional athlete since forever. Mm-hmm. Um how has your period affected you or how has your cycle? Have you noticed like patterns or yeah, tell us about it. Well, for me personally, sometimes I will um first of all, I absolutely hate getting my period. Who doesn't? Um but as far as it affecting my soccer play, a lot of times especially in those big tournaments, like I can remember like just continuing my birth control pack so that I wouldn't get my period. I didn't want to be like worrying about tampons. I didn't want to worry about like the effects of like what having your period feels like um, while you're playing because at the end of the day, like I'm getting paid to score goals and perform at the highest level that I can. And if I feel as though like my period is going to hinder that or like annoy me, like I'll try to avoid it at all costs. Um but I know that that's not always an option for people. And like, there are times where I do get my period and then that's fine. I would just say that like, I just don't like the added worry of having it. That's so interesting because that's what I assumed. I assumed that just like, if you're a professional athlete and your period sucks, like you'll do, like you'll wear an IUD, you'll do whatever it takes to like not have really heavy periods. But from what I've read, like people are worried about the hormones that also come from birth control. Um, totally. So, so I don't know what, what of your teammates, like what would you say is like how many people are on some sort of birth control or people just like live with it? I would say like 50% of the team is usually on birth control. And I think part of that is due to like the hormonal added effects that there potentially could be. And we are elite athletes where we need like our body, like, like absolutely at optimal, perfect, like performance levels. And we don't want anything to hinder that, um, hormones included, or I don't know, for those who, who do get their period, you know, that they don't want that to be a reason why, you know, they can't run or they can't outlast the other team. Um, I've always found that interesting, you know, in my teammates that, that choose either one, not to like have a period, like you said, like go through and have the IUDs for years so that they don't get one. Or, you know, the ones that will put like myself, like will continue my, my birth control pill pack, um, just so I don't get on my period. But at the, at the other end of it too, like there's also a, um, 
like a social factor. Like I would hate it if I absolutely started my period during a soccer game. That would be horrendous. And I'm not saying that that it hasn't happened, but like some of my teammates, that has happened to them. And like white shorts. I mean, I, I played in white shorts all through high school. Like I can't even imagine. Totally. It's horrendous. It's like such an embarrassing experience. When you were in the Olympics, did you ever have to worry about any of the ingredients in your birth control um, affecting like whether or not something would be triggered in like a drug test? That's a great question because when you play for our national team, you're constantly under the the doping controls. Um, Like they're always watching. They're always tracking what we're taking. Anytime we get drug tested, we have to list every medication that we're on, including our birth control. Um, and mostly like I've, I've only heard, um, positive things about that, that, you know, birth controls will not, um, go off or detect as any sort of, um, performance enhancing drug, but that is a worry of mine. Like I wouldn't want like any weird levels of hormones to pop up on my, on my doping tests. Um, you know, cause we want to be available to play. And if you get a doping violation, then you're off the team. I mean, I just was listening to Michelle Kwan be interviewed and she said she used eye drops and like everyone around her was freaking out because they were like, what kind of eye drops were they? Yeah. I thought she meant like, I thought she meant like on her oh, period. Oh, no, no, no. Like she uses not- eye drops in her vagina to <laughs> stop the bleeding. It's not period related. Um, um, so what- yeah, but it's, it's insanely strict. Yeah. 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 What are your products of choice when you do play, Amy, and you do have your period? What What's, what's your go-to? I wear tampon and typically super or super plus. And if I'm wearing white that day in the game, I make sure to change it right before I go out in the field. And then sometimes even at halftime. Interesting. Does that suck to have to worry about it? Like that's the last thing you want to do is like, because we also read somewhere that like uh, there was a woman who played basketball who had extreme. There's like uh, what is it? Men- menagerie? It's not menagerie. Oh, that's yeah. Mener- men- menorrhea. Men- uh, whatever it is where you bleed excessively, like when you get your period, that she had to change like sometimes like sub out and change on the court. Like, oh, that would God. be just, like, awful. Like- that would be awful because all we all like I said, we're paid to go out there and perform, and if anything is hindering that or you know, taking away from that, I would be so annoyed. And yeah, that is like a downfall of, of being a woman sometimes and being on your period during a match or a, or a, a competition. We don't want to take away from the competition, have to leave to go to the bathroom for any reason. Um, especially your period. That's, that's horrible. horrible. Also, we did see, find a clip of a, um, I don't want to tell you this. I don't want to like worry you. I'm sure you've thought about it though. Uh, a, pr- a Premier League game in England, a women's game where a tampon fell out. <laughs> no. Got, like, no. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, it wasn't bloody from what we could see, yeah. but the ref had to come summon a female trainer to put on a glove and pick it up. <laughs> no. Okay. I've never had that experience. That is ultimate embarrassment. Oh my God. I know. Yeah, so I'm so sorry. Please don't let that get in your head. I'm retiring today. (laughs) Do you find yourself like playing differently or feeling differently on the field at different parts of your cycle? I would say potentially, yeah. I would think that. 
Um, when I am on my period, I do tend to be a little bit more heightened emotionally. Um, I wonder if that would like portray in like my aggressiveness on the field. Like if I'm feeling like, you know, any sense of emotionalness, is that going to make me like work harder? Is it going to make me like be more pissed off at my teammates while we're out there playing? Like I, I couldn't pinpoint that to let you know that, but I think that when I look at myself off the field, I can tell that I'm more emotional when I'm on my period. So it totally makes sense that on the field, I would be more emotional as well. Mm. I like that you framed that in a positive. You were like, yeah, maybe it would make me more aggressive. Like, that's awesome. (laughs) Well, we do work on emotions out on the field. And like when I'm pissed off at the other team, like it makes me run harder. A sport is like exciting, emotional, like motivating at times, like you can get so pissed off on the field at times. So that's what I meant by like, you know, getting emotional out there, I guess. I mean, I I was once kicked out of an eighth grade basketball game because I fouled out and I, uh, I just started screaming and sobbing inside an elementary school gymnasium. So I understand. I I was never really able to control my emotions in my, uh, uh, athletic career <laughs> uh, of f- until you were until 16. high school yeah. yeah um yeah i mean that's we talked in the last episode too about how uh just you know i played team sports my whole life aggressive you know like i played soccer and lacrosse and so aggression is good but when you're playing a sport that is a delicate like gymnastics or right. ice skating or where or tennis, tennis there's like, like so many intense where de- you, etiquette rules yeah, in yeah where you have to not only be delicate but you're also only relying on yourself i mean i would love to hear your thoughts on this amy like if you have a bad game dis- agree or disagree with me it's not going to affect the whole team necessarily right like if you are particularly feeling crampy or gross or whatever at least you have 10 other players to rely on I don't know if you agree with that I I agree with that completely playing a team sport is way different in that when you're struggling at least you have teammates that can come help you pick up the slack Um, but on the flip side I know that when I've been working hard all game and then I've got a teammate who maybe like is slacking and not doing their part of their job it's almost like okay, well, now I need to go do what she's not doing for the team. I mean, relying on your teammates. Also going to make us cry. (laughs) (laughs) We're a very emotional bunch. Yeah. Um, I was kind of curious about, you know, because Kate mentioned, you know, oh, someone's crampy and might be affecting their performance. Like, are you discouraged from taking care of your pain during a game? Like, is there any reason why you shouldn't pop a couple Advil if you're having cramps, you know, like I just wondered, like, especially in like, you know, Olympics where you're being monitored and stuff like, is that a part of it or can you manage your pain in a normal way? (laughs) I would say that I've been able to manage my pain without medication, but like I definitely have teammates who they're about to go out to one of the biggest games of their lives or, you know, an important match and they're like, oh, these cramps, like, I don't feel so good. Like, I need something. I need medication. And there's no hesitation in the trainer popping out the the Midol or the Aleve or Advil, whatever they choose to take, um, and handing it out to them. Because at the end of the day, the performance is what matters most. Can we go back to your first period? Yeah. Do you, do you have a memory of your first period? Menstrual um, history? Yeah, I believe I was eighth grade. And... Oh, this is actually kind of funny. <laughs> I I remember I got it at school 
and I knew what to do. I was in eighth grade at the time, so I was well well aware of it. Um, but when I went home, I was actually supposed to go to swim practice that day. And I remember telling my mom, like, I think I started my period, but there's no way I'm going to swim practice today, mom. And she's like, why not? And I had said, I'm not getting in the water. Like people are going to be able to see all the blood, like <laughs> in my bathing suit, like a trail behind me. You know, I was just so embarrassed that it was going to like leak out of my bathing suit. Or you know, I just, I, I really didn't, really didn't know. So my mom was like trying to push me to go, and I just remember like getting so upset and so embarrassed over it that like I refused. And yeah, she didn't make me go at the end of the day, but I missed out on a swim practice, which was kind of my cross training for soccer at the time. It was trying to help me get in shape. Um, but I didn't end up going. Man, guys have it so easy. I know. <laughs> I think it's a good excuse. Yeah. First day of your period ever. That's yeah. a pretty good excuse for not going to the yeah. practice. Yeah. Um, so back to, before we go on to all the joys of motherhood that you've experienced and all the trials and tribulations, um, I want to know some locker room tea. Like, what can you tell us about, like, I I know you probably can't, but, like, I want to know, like, which U.S. women's national team player is the bitchiest on her period. <laughs> Does Megan Rapinoe <laughs> use a diva cup? Like, who free bleeds? Like, what? I want to oh, know. Oh, gosh, that's so funny. Um, I couldn't probably share with you that sort of information, but... Um, I will say that it is joked about when like someone is having maybe like a rough practice or maybe like really not fun to be around. Like people will joke like, whoa, she's definitely on one right now. <laughs> um, do you are, did you find yourself with this team that you're on now at Utah Royals and the women's national team? Did you feel that you were pretty open about your periods with them, with everybody? Yeah. The locker room is so uh ironically free flowing, I guess you could say, <laughs> um, like anything goes and everyone is so tight with each other. Normally we're not all like the best of friends, but we're very comfortable with like sharing our stories about our bodies. We're, we're basically naked around each other all the time. Um, it's just, it's a very like casual and open, um, locker room. Okay, since you won't tell me, like, the details, can you just maybe tell me, like, who always had extra tampons with them? <laughs> There's always that one. Um, well, here's the thing. Nobody actually wants to buy tampons because they're kind of expensive, so they always tend to steal them out of the trainer's bag. The trainer always has Smart. tampons. Smart. <laughs> so smart. That's good. That's good. Okay, do the, does the trainer have tampons um, because of bloody noses or because of – they're a trainer for a women's team. Good question. I would think that the women's trainers have probably doubled the amount due to not only nosebleeds, <laughs> but also periods. That's fair, right? Like their budget calls for more tampons right. than yeah. a typical <laughs> yeah, trainer. <right. laughs> and also like you kind of need the light days for nosebleeds. I've definitely been in a situation at like a rugby game where they were like, uh, do, do any ladies have a tampon? Yeah. And my friend handed over a regular and they were like, this is huge. And she was like, it's just a regular. <laughs> it's for a vagina. It's not, not a nostril. A nostril. <laughs> um, Okay, Amy, let's talk about motherhood. You are one of the few women that have played for the U.S. national team that have had children while playing. 
um, while being on the team. So tell our listeners a little bit about um, your first and second pregnancy, how wh- when they happened and, and what happened. So interesting that we brought up like my use of birth control earlier because what ended up happening is I was getting kind of like some hormonal hot flashes on my birth control back in 2012, which was the year of the Olympics. We had just come off a gold medal and I had said, okay, I'm going to try like not taking my birth control. I know that this is now putting me at risk for getting pregnant, but at the same time, like I just want to be off all medicines and all hormones. I just want to feel normal. Um, and lo and behold, one month later I got oh pregnant wow. because wow. I wasn't, I wasn't on birth control, but I had known, you know, that was the potential of happening. And my husband and I had said at the time, if we got pregnant, it's okay. Um, there was no big tournament coming up that next year. I could take a break from soccer for the year. Um, so yeah. And I had my first son, Ryan in 2013. Um, and I knew when I had him that I didn't want to be done playing soccer. So after my pregnancy, I just trained my buck back into shape and I got back on the national team. Um, maybe like four or five months after I had him. Wow. Holy yeah. Wow. I mean, you, it is like, I mean, people, if they want to know more, should really read up about Amy. Like she just worked so hard to get back because it is like a, an injury, right? Like having a baby is like an injury. I would say it's the closest thing to having an injury, but at least with a pregnancy, like I chose to have a baby with an injury. You're kind of, you don't really control that. That kind of happens to you. But I, I was, I was out for almost a whole year without playing. So it was like a really long injury in that sense. Was it scary? Totally. I didn't know if my coaches were going to re-sign me again. I didn't know if like, because it doesn't happen very often, women professional athletes having children, I just didn't know if my team was going to like reinvest in me or like want me to be back on the team. I thought like, I'm a mom now, I'm washed up, I'm like, I've got different priorities. I didn't know if like they were going to want me again. That's, and so like, so it sounds like, so you got to re- is it called audition? Like, <laughs> we're theater people. Yeah. Uh, so actually in in the players um, contract, we have what's called reevaluation period. And that's exactly what happened with, with me. I had my child and then I was reevaluated for the first, I think it was the first three, three months after returning back to the team. And they gave me three months to kind of earn my spot back. And if I did, I could keep it. But if not, I would be released from the team. But that's better than what, I mean, that's something that was kind of like added into the contract, right? That uh, the other players fought for was like, we just because we've had a baby doesn't mean we're off the team. Like we have the right to fight for our spot back, right? Exactly. I was so fortunate that my employer had like a maternity clause in the contract. And so I I got maternity leave all paid. And then when I returned, I still had like a paid reevaluation period. Yeah, because of the girls and the women that came before me that decided that we need to protect our other female women who want to have children, like I was able to benefit from that. So I'm very grateful for my experience. 
Also, there's a great article in the New York Times from 2001 that I have up about Joy Fawcett breastfeeding her son at halftime during Uh, a game. Crazy. Fucking baller women. Um, So great. You you had a quote about um, always being taught to leave the sport better than when you entered Mm. into it. Yeah, I love that. Which was so profound. And I wonder, like, which of your mentors kind of passed that down to you? So I grew up in Julie Foudy's hometown, basically. She's the town over from me. So I always looked up to her and she, like I had her poster on my wall. And then one day in high school, she actually showed up in our auditorium and like awarded me with this like soccer player of the year award. And I was like dumbfounded. I was so flabbergasted and amazed. Um, And I would say that she was like a huge mentor, a huge inspiration role model for me. So how are you planning to then be a role model for the women that come after you and have mothers or become mothers after you and want to keep working? Goodness, I don't know. I, I want to make sure that women feel like they can make their choices in having a child while playing if, if they choose to do that um, and know that they can. I think for me, when I didn't see a lot of women do it before me, I was a little bit nervous. Um, I've only had one teammate, I think, that I played with who I saw have a child and continue playing. And that was Christy Rampone or Christy Pierce. And I mean, yeah, just seeing her set the way for me motivated me to, to know that I could do it. Um, and if I could in any way, you know, show people that they can do it too, like I'm I'm happy to be that for them. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about I want to get back to more about also how what it did to your body and how long you trained to get back and just what was that recovery like for both of your pregnancies? It was horrible. <laughs> oh. Um it's so hard. I had never had a a like serious injury before. So I couldn't even compare like that to, to having a baby, but literally you're out like an entire year. Um, I played, I played in, I think two national team games while I was still pregnant, but very early on pregnant. Um, but at like the four month mark of my pregnancy, I remember like being done and like not running anymore, not dribbling or kicking the soccer ball anymore. Like I definitely shut it down and just stuck to like the easy, like walking workouts, maybe like low weight workouts. Um, but I also, I also hired a pre and postnatal physical therapist to do like all of my core strengthening during my pregnancy and post-pregnancy. Um, cause I feel like that was like one of the major parts of your body that changes the most probably when you're pregnant, my arms and my legs could kind of like, I could work them out continually, but Definitely with my core and like all of my abs and stuff, I just felt so, so different, you know, obviously pregnancy completely changes your body in that sense. So, um, I had to work really hard after my delivery, um, in order to get back in shape. But like I said, about four or five months after my first son, um, I was able to get back out on the field. What was that feeling like? I can't, I just imagine like just utter, just pride in yourself. Um, it was nice that I didn't feel like I had this like extremely high standard to like live up to. I knew I had had a baby. So I like gave myself a little bit of grace in that. Um, and like my expectation was low. Like she just had a baby. There's no way she's going to be this like world 
champion soccer player the next day, you know, it's going to take her time. So I think knowing that, um, like to have patience and to like give myself time to, to heal back to normal. Um, you know, that was like what helped me a lot. Also by all accounts, like after your kids, like you've not slowed down. Like, in fact, I think it somewhere it was, you got faster. Like you clocked your fastest sprint. You beat the, everyone else in the sprint. That is so surprising to me, but yes, I, when I did all of our fitness testing about the year after my pregnancy and the year after I gave birth to my first son, um, we were like doing like sprinting tests and like I was surprisingly like the fastest one on my team and I had actually beaten my fastest time. Um, but I honestly attribute that to just the amount of training that I did after having my son. I I probably worked twice as hard as what I worked like before my child. So I think that that was just an attribute of like just the trainers and the coaches and and all the work that I had to put in. So it sounds like it's like a mental thing that like kind of changes in your brain too once you've had a kid. And I know you've talked about this in videos we've watched. Like talk a little bit about like just mentally what having a kid sort of does and putting things into perspective. I will say that like life definitely fell like in like the perfect perspective for me because my whole life had only been about soccer, about like performance and scoring goals. Um, But then when I had my babies, it was like, wow, there's just, there's absolutely so much more than just a ball and a net. Um, And I still enjoyed the ball and the net. I still enjoyed playing, but I, I didn't put so much pressure on myself about it. And I really, at the end of the day, just wanted to make my kids proud, my husband proud, myself. And I think that that's, that was my driving force that really pushed me. Um, You also tore your ACL right after having your second son. And then you were out again, right? Right. Horrible again. (laughs) I mean, by all accounts, you could have just retired then. How, why, poor K, (laughs) did you you keep going? So after having my first son and I came back in like such a graceful manner and I came back and I won a World Cup, everything was wonderful. Um, When I had my second son, I kind of had hoped that the same thing would occur. But unfortunately, in my first professional game back after having my second son, I tore my ACL. And it had happened right after I had scored like my first goal back. Um, you know, I was feeling like on top of the world and thinking, oh, like I got this. Like I can have two kids and come back just as strong. Um, but unfortunately, I tore my ACL. And it was like so unfortunate because, um, you know, at the time I was a new mom to a 10 month old, I was still breastfeeding him. I was still like trying to like get my footing back. I wasn't quite at a hundred percent yet, but I was close. Um, and then, yeah, I had to start all over with a whole nother year of being out again, um, after just being out the year before with the pregnancy. So it was just felt like a double whammy and it mentally was like the one thing that really broke me. So what, what made you keep going? Like coming back again? (laughs) Um, I think I was like in the middle of my like soccer contract, you know, like I, it it was an injury that I didn't choose. I didn't, I didn't want to be done. Like I still had these aspirations and, and I was motivated to keep playing, but then my injury told me I couldn't. And I think because my body was like telling me no, but like my mind was telling me yes. Like I just wouldn't give in to that. Yipes. Um, (laughs) just all I can say is yipes. Um, (laughs) 
what's it like just like in the culture of of being an athlete like having kids and and traveling i don't know if you travel with or if their kids come to away games with you or if they traveled with you at all when you played on the national team like i would love to know just a little bit about that i read somewhere that your teammates kind of become like all the the aunties which i love totally Aww. um so when you play for the national team we are in such good hands because they actually um allow us to bring a nanny on the road with us. They pay for the nanny's flights, hotels, food, um, basic stipend. They like take really, really good care of you as a mom. And that's a tribute to, um, you know, the great contracts that have been written when you play for the national team on my professional team here in Utah specifically, they've also taken really good care of my kids and I, um, I've worked it into my contracts that I'm allowed to bring them on, maybe like up to five away, away games. Um, they've given me an apartment that accommodates both me and the kids. Um, I would, I would say that like I've had, I've been able to play on teams and been fortunate to be employed by employers who really rally behind me being a mom. And that's important. I don't think I could do my job and play as I, as I am now. Um, if I didn't have employers that were really supporting me through it and, yeah, I'm I'm very also grateful for my teammates because those girls are around me day in day out and around my kids um and and they make life enjoyable when you know my kids and I are happy. And are they really like the kids aunties without a doubt? Like my my sons love to like read good night books with my one of my roommates. I live with um Nicole Barnhart and she she helps me like teach my older son how to read and um, she just always is playing with them and stuff. So we definitely have like an extra aunt or two on the team. Cool. So you split your time with your husband while you're, while you play, right? While you're in. Correct. My husband lives in California. I play in Utah six to eight months out of the year. And so we just kind of flip the kids back and forth usually, um, and try to spend as much time as we can together. That must be tough. Yeah. It's horrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your husband sounds like he's awesome. Yeah, my husband's great. He does such a good job taking care of the kids. And, um, you know, I'm always so sad when they have to leave. But I know that that's just what I signed up for when I did this job. And I also know that this job isn't going to last forever. So I want to make the most of it as I can. Mm, that's amazing. I How mean, thinking about you as like, a, what, a 25 or 26-year-old feeling like you're washed up must be... <laughs> Such a such an existential trip. Like, because in any other profession, like, there are a few other professions where, like, you peak at 25. Yeah. At 25, at, you're right. still a rookie in most yeah. other places. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely wild to me. That you were like, I guess this is it. Right. I was so nervous that, like, I could potentially be throwing away my career and, and my chance at, uh, uh, you know, making money and working – um, because I chose to have a family, which is what every other woman really does in in our life. So I, I always felt, you know, scared that um, I was like sacrificing my, you know, my career for my kids. What are you going to do next? Like when you do retire? So I've actually been contemplating that a lot. Um, I think that that's always what you think about when you're kind of getting close to retirement. Um, I got a degree in psych psychology from USC and. I'd love to um, continue that potentially. Um, I'm also really into coaching. 
I like the idea of, of passing on what I've learned to, to the youth. Um, but I haven't really narrowed it down recently, like fully. <laughs> That's cool. Another question I have that just goes back to periods too. And none of us are moms, but we've heard this from a lot of moms is that period pain actually kind of gets better after having kids. False. So false for me. Oh. I would say that like my period's way more annoying now. Like it feels like uh, heavier than I remember. But to be honest, when I had my kids and then I was breastfeeding, like I basically didn't have a period for like four years and it was amazing Um, because the whole time you're pregnant, you don't get a period. And then the whole time I was breastfeeding, I also didn't get a period and I breastfed both kids for about a year, each of them, almost a year. Um, and I just remember thinking like, oh, I do not want to get my period back when I stop breastfeeding. And that was part of the reason why I probably just wanted to keep breastfeeding. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like I would say now, like when I do get my period, it's like pretty heavy and I hate it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I, I mean, can say. I, I hate, like I, I'm about to go to a – a, a Japanese spa this week that where you like walk around naked and I just realized I'm going to get my period that day <laughs> and I'm mad at that prospect but to no. like be in a World Cup match <laughs> or an oh Olympic God. like that's the real shit <laughs> <laughs> um, so rounding out just a couple more questions like I guess what are your what are your advice for athletes that professional or not, but that are considering having kids, like what would you say worked for you? Obviously all people are different, but what worked for you mentally, physically in preparing for childbirth and then coming back from it? I would say like physically, you can absolutely do it. There is nothing holding back um, your ability to like work hard, to show dedication, to wake up at 5am and do it. Um, Physically, you can do it. It's like mentally, it is so hard. You're always going to feel drained. You're always going to feel tired. Um, I had to get over the hurdle of also like leaving my babies with my parents or with my husband or with a nanny um, when I would go train. Um, There's a sense of like mom guilt in like having to fly to go play a game across the country when like your kids have to stay back at home. Um, I know for me, like if you're willing to put in the work and like be patient with your body, there's absolutely no reason why you can't be a professional athlete and a mom at the same time. Love it. I love it. Um, have, uh, unrelatedly a little bit, but since you have two boys, have they asked about what your period is? Um, I would say that the, the kids have recognized that mom has different parts than them. And my boys are so sweet. They, they, they are curious little kids. Um, and they usually have little hearts of gold, but recently my, my older son, Ryan asked me, mom, what if, what if girls wore clear sports bras? Why do, why don't we? I mean, it'd be sexy. Um, 
I also have to tell you, Amy, so I have a, my nephew lives with my sister and her wife in Portland and they're huge Portland Thorns fans. They have season tickets and my nephew's three and he, when he grows up, he wants to be a women's soccer player. <laughs> like he wants, <laughs> he wants to, he wants to play for the Thorns. Um, so I just, so just also thank you for just being such a great role model for all kids, all adults Aww. of all genders. Um, yeah. yeah, people definitely look up to you. Um, yeah, it's so cute. He just started doing soccer lessons too, and oh, it was cute. apparently it was raining, and uh, or soccer practice, and it was raining really hard. And he told his mom, um, "Well, the thorns play in rain, so I can play in rain." Oh. <laughs> oh. Cute. So, so cute. cute. I sent you those things about the why I cried or read my labias. Did anything come? Oh to mind? yeah, no. I thought that was so funny though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, did you see my other uh, email about the women, the jersey that they, the team yes, wore for? Nothing? Yes, I knew. So I actually asked myself that same question, and I thought it was so cool when our national team decided to wear the last names of other women on the back of their jerseys instead of their own names. And I was like, okay, well, who would I put on the back of mine? Um, and other than like my absolute awesome grandma who's 82 years old, I would put. Um, Ellen DeGeneres. And the reason oh. I thought her is because she's so kind and so giving and she just wants to spread like kindness all over the world. And I just really admire that about her. Oh, good, good answer. answer. Such a good one. It's a good one. Ugh. Yeah, she rocks. Well, thank you, Amy Rodriguez, so much for being on Vicious Cycle. We wish you all the best. We love you so much. Um, oh, thank, thank you. Yeah. And have a great one. And We'll be in touch. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. How are you feeling? I, guys, Kate, I are you okay? So alive right now. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have been a huge fan of the women's national team since like ninety nine. Like I said, nineteen ninety nine. Like he said, said, where it all started. Where all of all us started. And that's yeah. the thing is that she's in the generation of women because she's our age. She's exactly my age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's like two months older than me. That. Um, that team inspired then like that was and now you have people like Rose Lavelle who's 20 whatever who was Mm -hmm. inspired by the team of 2007 or whatever so like it's just so cool to talk to to Amy and um like if I could just like tell my 12 year old self sitting on the couch on at Mercer Island Washington like not you can't sit down you're not gonna play professional soccer I know you (laughs) think you are but But one day one day you'll interview a player on the team an Olympian and a, a winner of the Women's World yeah. Cup. I have a feeling that you you might be excited, but you'd probably still be disappointed. Like, wait, I'm not going to be a professional wait, soccer player? I'm not going to be on Team USA? What the, the hell? This, uh, no, Kate, and also you aren't going to make the varsity team until junior year. So ooh. just bring it down. I mean, at least you made the, the varsity <laughs> team. I mean, this reminds me of a poem that I wrote. Oh in middle school I don't are you gonna recite I'm it pretend- I feel like you just cleared it, your throat I know like it makes it sound it. like I have memorized it I have um, not but it was a poem basically uh, spelling out the trajectory of my professional basketball career <laughs> so I feel like <laughs> I'm trying to like figure out like if we ever interview um you know Cheryl Swoops like this would be like maybe a similar thing for me I don't know and like, can you remind the listeners um how tall are you I, you know what, Meg? I will. Listen. I will have you know that 
Actually, this would be like if we got to interview Muggsy Bogues because Muggsy Bogues uh, was These a professional incredible. basketball player. Destined to be it's basketball great players. Name. He played for the Hornets and he was also in a in little In the 1920s, film. Muggsy <laughs> Bogues. I know, right? <laughs> um, for, wait, Charlotte? Charlotte? Yeah. The Hornets. He was in a little film called uh, Space Jam. Oh, heck yeah. Ever oh, heard of it? Okay. And, he, and he's and short. And he was like 5'4". Oh, like wow. teeny tiny. But yeah. he could like dribble through people's legs. He was yeah. like insane. He's so Wait, little. I have, actually and works. how tall I are you? 5'2". Okay. <laughs> now listen. I have an excellent shot. I'm a, I'm a skilled shooting guard. Not so quick. <laughs> with the feet and the footwork and the dribbling and the, and the emotions, <laughs> and the emotions. Uh, yeah my eighth grade coach was like you can never do that again I was like uh, for all the basketball fans out there Bobby Knight mm. uh, the very famous um, basketball coach for Indiana that used to throw chairs on the court that was like me in you were the, the Mac and row of eighth 13. grade girls basketball um, yeah I mean She's just like so well spoken, and I love anytime she talked about her sons. It was, you could just tell she was just like mm, my babies. I believe my babies. So uh, I was like, ah, I know. It was, it's very cool to like talk to someone who has like two very clear passions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and she really like it, it. Doing in reading about her, you realize how few athletes have kids while they're still playing, mm-hmm. like. It's only like a handful of women on the national soccer team that That's have crazy. like they have kids after like Mia Hamm had kids after. Right. You know? right. I don't know if this is a thing, but it's it's like you shouldn't have to choose your like ideal years for either sports or motherhood, yeah. right? Because like your twenties is a great time to get pregnant. Meg, this is why women shouldn't play sports. I mean, I guess so <laughs> because the broads need to stay home. Motherhood first. Cook those buns. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I can't believe this is over. I know. It's been so much fun learning about elite athletes. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to it. Celebrate we, we've got great. to. I yeah. mean, I talked to a lot of people about this, and it's really interesting because a lot of men, their ears perked up when I started talking about women mm. in sports. Maybe they just heard sports and they were like, huh? And I'm then they were me. in too far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't back out now. But when I started talking about the ways in which our hormones um, affect us, Men were like shocked and super intrigued. So this could be a good gateway for people with um, cis male partners yeah. or like non-bleeders that that are like, I don't know, that sounds like kind of an interesting show. Um, this could be a good series to share with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so fun yeah. and so inspiring. Empowering. And I really, really, really hope that listeners call in with any anecdotes or message us, Instagram us. Um, 9106 uterus is our number call and leave your thoughts about what it's like to exercise and play sports with your period yes yeah uh of course as always tell us tell us to your people tell (laughs) tell your people about us and about this show and about this growing community of ours that we love so much uh follow us on instagram what's happening next week your your research that's right of course you guys i don't know how this took us until season three i know i know we're finally doing pads little pads um we have a bunch of information about that a bunch of bleach bleed search um that could fill up a an overnight pad (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so get excited 
because there might be a surprise song. Of course there's going to be a surprise song. There better be. Um, In the meantime, keep calm. And bleed everywhere. Our theme song was performed by The Go Ahead. Check out more at thegoaheadmusic.com.